0: I'm Zach Owens, and I'm the biggest fan of your life. Welcome to the biggest fan of your life podcast, I'm your host, Zach Owens. I love learning from the major achievers, the famed celebrities, and outstanding experts. But I often think about the average Joes and Josephines who are just as great, who have valuable knowledge and skills to teach, and important perspectives and experiences to share. They may not have a platform, a following, or world-renowned status, but they have fascinating lives that I'm a fan of, and I think you should be too. So let's get to it. Welcome to The Biggest Fan of Your Life podcast. Few people have moved or inspired me in more powerful ways than Helen Arrowwood. I often describe her as a pillar of faith simply because she's exemplified what it means to hold on to hope in times of great hardship. She's essentially watched me grow up in church and she's encouraged me the entire way. She's a survivor. She's got a heart of gold and she's someone who I think sees the bigger picture of life. Join me in soaking up her wisdom as it pours through her life stories and her faith. This is Helen Arrowwood.
1: Has Zach got a boy, a girlfriend. <laughs> no, is Zach not does, does not.
2: One that could ask that these days. <laughs> i usually get in trouble if I
1: ask. Well, see, well, I, the thing of it is, I don't know him that. You know, I don't know him in that much of a personal life.
2: <laughs> So Zach,
0: what's the answer? There is not a girl in Zach's life at this time. No, there is not. Okay. <laughs> well, but that's all right. Yeah, because sure it means it is. I get to hang out with with girls like you, Helen.
1: Well, yeah, especially the eighty seven year old ones. that's right. She's <laughs> right. right. Got one leg shorter than the other. Couldn't fight her way out of a paper bag. <laughs> 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 oh.
2: You'd give it one heck of a try though.
1: You better believe it.
0: <laughs> you better believe it. Oh man. I wonder where that phrase originated. What? The one about fighting uh, fighting your way out of a paper bag.
1: Oh well that must know in North Carolina, whenever I was growing up, that was that was one of the things that was said. Because if they wanted to be smart and mouth at you, they'd say, Well, you couldn't even fight your way out of a paper bag. Right,
0: right. <laughs> I love it. Well, let's get started.
1: Well, how do you want to start? We'll start just like this. We're we going to run, or we're we going to walk, or are we going to be pushing each other in a little cart? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Helen, this is the biggest fan of your life podcast. And I, I, do you know what a podcast is? Not really. What, do you have any guesses as to what it is?
1: Is this what I'm looking at? Kind of. Kind
0: of. Well, it's the, so, for those of you listening right now, we've got a microphone set up in front of me and one in in front of Helen. Okay. Um, and they're connected into a laptop so that we can record our conversation oh, today. Okay. So, Helen, this is a podcast is similar to like a radio talk show. Okay. And, uh, you know, people will talk or they'll sh- they'll share a message. Okay. They'll, they'll do interviews, things like that. Um, the difference is, rather than playing it on a radio, it's being uh, it's something that can be broadcast through the internet or through Uh your cell phone or things like that. So just a way for more and more people to hear about who you are and what your story is. Okay. And so the reason we're sitting down is because the whole reason I'm doing this project is because we have, uh, there are a number of people who are just fascinating to me. Oh, how wonderful. Yeah, and you're one of those people. I take that as a compliment. (laughs) Well, when I used to work with young people, um, I often said to myself, one of the people I would love to have come in and talk to them and to share their story, um, their life, is Helen Arrowwood, and that's you.
1: Oh, okay. So
0: now I have this opportunity to sit with you and and allow you to share, not just with the young people of the world, but with everybody um, who could be listening, to just hear about what you've lived through. My husband
1: would take that as a compliment, too.
0: Yeah, yeah, and we'll talk about him, your husband, John. Yeah. but you've you just lived quite a fascinating life. And so yes. uh, Becky and I are very excited to hear about that. For those listening, Becky is here. She's a friend of mine. She is guesting, um, just kind of being here with us. She knows Helen as well. We all go back to our days yes. at church. Yes, we do. And... Uh, Today, we're hanging out on Super Bowl Sunday, Yeah, which you said earlier that, (laughs) what did you say? The best way to punish you
1: is is... to make me watch a ball game.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So Helen had no plans for the Super Bowl, none, except to sit with us now.
1: But if you want to watch it, I'll turn it on for Uh, you. That's okay. I'd rather sit with you. Okay.
0: Thank you. And can you talk about? Because when I got here, we we met one of your friends.
1: Yes, your friend Myrtle. Yeah, she was my neighbor. Okay, and and She's how how widow. long have you been friends? Well, we've been friends about uh, oh they moved in. I've been here fifty two or fifty three years, and. She, We've been friends for about 40 years. Wow. When she m- moved in. And she just stopped by to drop you off a piece of cake. Oh, that's this—that's normal for her. Yeah. You know, thats you never know what she's... Sometimes she'll bring in banana pudding or whatever, you know. But she makes cakes and then she always thinks of me and... I enjoy it. She seems like a really
0: lovely person. Oh,
1: she is. She's a very and she's a a widow for about five years.
0: Uh huh. And you guys watch out for each other. Yes,
1: we do. How
0: do you? Would you say you see Myrtle every day?
1: uh, uh one one way or another, you know, she gets out in the yard. Well, naturally, we've not been out.
0: Yeah, it's been pretty weather uh, or
1: anything like that. But I we check each other out on the phone.
0: Yeah, it's been a pretty crazy winter, yeah. hasn't it? Yes. Well, Helen, you said earlier that you are uh, sort of on the eve of 88 years. Yes. Is that correct?
1: September 8th, I'll be 88.
0: 88 years old. I was
1: born on the 8th of September, and now I'll be 88. So I'm, I'm, I got my eights covered. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so tell me a little bit about your family. Do you
1: have grandchildren, great-grandchildren? Oh, I sure do. Oh, my goodness. I have two daughters. And naturally, I have two wonderful son-in-laws, and I have got five grandchildren, 13 great-grandchildren. Wow. And I've got one great-great. Wow. So I thought I was great when I was young. (laughs) And now my greatness is coming now that I'm so old. (laughs) and I love them all, and they love me
0: too. That's fantastic. Yes. Can you tell us, what's the best part about being a grandma or a great-grandma or a great-great-grandma?
1: Well, I tell you what. When you have your children, and you look into their faces, and there's that little eyes looking back at you, and then they produce these little grandchildren, and they're just fantastic and then when you get great great then you realize what God can do and why he does it is for us old people to enjoy these great great grandchildren and uh, I really do and uh, they come to see me and we have a good time Yeah, yes we do that's wonderful uh, they always my birthdays they always check my birthdays my christmases and everything and it's wonderful
0: that's great and and you always seem every time i see you you seem like your life is so full
1: it is. It is. And yet I don't leave the house sometimes.
0: <laughs> it's true. Yeah. And and so for those who are listening, and, and we'll post some pictures with this as well, but um, Helen, you get around in this walker. And for as long as I can remember, you've had this walker. Well,
1: I had uh, crutches and I've been on my walker about... Uh, 5 or 6 years. Yeah. And and it's never seemed to slow you down from living your no, life. No, no, no. No it don't.
0: Yeah, you get around and in yes, your car just fine. And I'm still driving and you still
1: go out with the girls yes. to hang out. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. We do. Yeah. And my my children and we go out and then my grandchildren and and um I've got, I've usually got one uh, going into school and then another one uh, graduating from school. I've got them going in every direction. <laughs> <laughs>
0: wow. So what what's the most fun thing that you do with your grandkids? Do you have like games you play or places you go?
1: Yes. And another thing, we just love to sit and talk. Okay. And they'll ask you what, you know, what did you do whenever you was growing up? And they, I would... You know, I would kind of give them an idea of what, and they enjoy that. Yeah. And they ask me questions. And, you know, I've never had anything. My John never had paid to have anything done for me. I've always done my own work, keeping my own house, my babies, my grand. It's I've never had to have help. Mm Mm-hmm. Help, help! I've never had to have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I, I just uh, admire my grandchildren and my great grands. Yeah. And my my family, the mm-hmm. two daughters and my two son in laws. Well,
0: when you have that many grandchildren it, and children wonderful. in your life, that keeps you going for A- sure.
1: Amen. You know. You're really blessed. Yeah, you're really blessed.
0: Well, I feel like maybe one of your grandkids right now because we're doing that very thing of just sitting down, and I'm going to ask you some questions well, about I'll life claim, growing up. I'll
1: claim you, really, yeah? and I think that is <laughs> an honor.
0: Well, let's 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 get to it then. Let's talk about it because, again. You know, you're somebody who has fascinated me and inspired me. And I know Thank your story you. is so powerful because you have survived and overcome Amen. so many things. And yes. so um, I
1: want to hear the story from the beginning. So, Well, I had six brothers and sisters, but they're all gone. It's just me out of the seven children. It's just me and my baby sister in Virginia that's left. Okay. Of, of all of the family. When I was born, you want the polio Bart? Yeah. Absolutely. When I was born, they were all so excited because I was there was a a, a boy, and, and then it was me, a girl born, and they were all so excited and everything. But when I was three months old, they know Mama noticed that when she would take care of me, that when she would go back to me, up my legs, arms would be in the same physician and she started examining and she told my daddy, she said there's something wrong with this child because she is not moving her legs and her arms. So they took me to the doctor and the doctor said, well, she's got polio. Back then they called it infantile paralysis. Mm. But now they've cut it down to just polio. And so they took me to the doctor, and he examined me, and I was paralyzed in my legs. I was three months old. And he checked my legs and everything, and he said that I had this polio. Mm -hmm. Naturally, they didn't know where I got it, and I was the only one that had it, and I was three months old. Wow! And Mama said the only place she had took me was to church. Hmm. But there was nobody in church that had it.
0: So they, they just have no idea how you have came into no contact idea. with this.
1: And I, you know what I said when I got old enough to realize the situation. I said I feel like that God knew that I could handle it. Hmm out of my brothers and sisters and cousins and all of that, um, I just feel like that God knew I could handle it. So you're three months
0: old with this diagnosis. Yes. And is that something that stayed with you? Yes. And, and talk about some of the challenges that presented as you were growing up.
1: Well, at, I was born and raised in North Carolina, and at the time they didn't have any orthopedic hospitals. Mm-hmm. And the doctors really just said, take her home and do whatever you feel like needs to be done. They didn't really know what to do. Mm -hmm. So that's what Mama did. She said she knew anything that was left laying paralyzed and not moving, it needed to move. Mm -hmm. So my brother and two sisters would take turns my, with my low legs and arms and rolling me and everything, even whenever I was sleeping, Mama said they would go and do that to keep my legs and all moving. And it settled over into the left side because it don't it don't do much, mm-hmm. <laughs> never has. And I've always laughed and said, "Well, it was uh, it, it was." Just going along for the ride, <laughs> and because it don't do that much by itself mm-hmm. so uh it's and I that time they had built an orthopedic hospital, and i would i they took me down there and I stayed at different times I'd stayed maybe a year for therapy and you know anything come up new and the main thing was keeping my leg my ever my body moving uh-huh and and how old are you at this point i was and i was about 7 or 8 years old wow okay and even um we had to stay so long that we even had school okay the teachers come and they would take our beds push our beds to these a uh, big auditorium that was divided off into the grades, and we got to go to school in our beds. Huh. And um, that way we didn't get behind, and it was good for our therapy for us to know that we could keep going on with our schooling.
0: And so during all that, were you able to make friends
1: Oh, there as well, oh, yes, because they was all in about the same we were all in about the same shape mm-hmm. and um the orthopedic hospital was built. I was about six or seven years old when they built it mm-hmm. in Gastonia, North Carolina. And after they built that hospital, then they were coming in from all over the state and out of the state, really. Because um, they staffed it with good doctors and nurses. And it was more or less, at first, it was more or less do what you feel like it needs to be done or should be done. Nothing really in the books that says do this or do that, you know, because they didn't really know what to do other than keep things moving,
0: mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm.
1: So um, I was in and out of the hospital for, oh, for, I was, well, in fact, I was in high school and I had to go back back Mm -hmm. and um, have therapy and all, everything, you know, and actually I had uh, two or three surgeries and uh, it, then whenever I graduated from high school, well, naturally, I fell in love with a wonderful man. Yeah. And his niece was my best friend all through school. Okay. And he was in the military here at Camp Atterbury, Indiana. He came to visit. And I was always at his, my, you know, his niece was my best friend through all all school.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And he wanted to know ask her who uh, who uh, this is I'm bragging but this is what was said. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that cute little girl? It's your friend. And she said, "Well, that's Mary Helen Freeman. That's my best friend all through school." And um so the next time he got on furlough and come, well, we got to talk. And by that time, we, I was out of school, and, and uh, it was—we uh, uh, started dating, and uh, that's all it took, because I fell for him, and he fell in love with me. Ah. And uh, I was out of high school at that time and, and everything— And he lived up here in Ohio with his sister. So the next thing I knew, he got him a place and he moved to North Carolina.
0: (laughs) Oh, wow. So he moved to you.
1: Yes, he came to me. Okay. And naturally, my family all loved him. And uh, my mom and dad really loved him. And he was very good to me. And we fell in love head over heels. And was married 60 years. Wow,
0: 60 years. Yes,
1: we were married 60 years.
0: So growing up with that polio diagnosis being in and out of hospitals and things like that, do you have uh, anything that you feel like you missed out on or any regrets through all of that?
1: You know, Zach, I thank God took, took that... To the point, a way that I didn't know all the other th- th- things that could be done,
0: okay, so you had no idea what c- you could have been missing right, right
1: right right, because I was three months old when it hit, and I, I, I just and you know another thing i like I've said, sometimes I think God uh, give me I had the polio because he knew i could handle it. Yeah. yeah. Because here i am 86 years old, 80 87 years old that i um i just lived i just lived my life normally. Right.
0: Well, and that i think that's what's part of what inspires me is that you've lived through all of this, yes. a life that seems like there were so many hardships and, and obstacles, but you just don't see it that way.
1: No, and my my parents were very wonderful, good Christian parents, and they were praying parents. Mm-hmm. And I can remember they'd lay their little hands on my, uh, my legs and pray the most beautiful prayers you ever heard. Mm-hmm. And and that right there in itself helped me to get through an awful lot because God heard their prayers mm-hmm. and um but really and truly, in my in my way of thinking and the way God has programmed my life, I don't really feel like I have missed out on too many things, yeah. Because it's like my husband said, he never, he never, ever seen anything wrong with me. Mm -hmm. Because I've always, I could always do what I was going to do. It's never held you back. It's never held me back. Mm. So uh, that's why I think God chose me. Because he knew I could handle it. Yeah. And my family could handle it.
0: And what an example it's been. And I'm sure others have said things similar. Yes, yes, know, that, yes. You know, if you're, if you're living your life with any sort of obstacle, whether that be a physical ailment or whether that be just circumstances, yes. right? Um, you don't have to let those things define you or no. to to keep you from living
1: the life that you want to live. Amen. Yeah, because I'm still driving, and whenever my mother and dad lived in Florida, I would, and they were real sick. I'd get in my car right here in Harrison, mm-hmm. drive myself down there by myself, and I'd stay about a week to two weeks. We took turns, us children did to help take care of them. And mm-hmm. We'd take our turns. And we'd stay right around two weeks, or maybe three, it's just according to the condition of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd get in the car and drive back home, and I we, did, we all took turns, and when it come my turn, I went. Mm-hmm. And my husband never did once that he say, I, you shouldn't go. He just said, I pray for you, and everything's going to be all right.
0: Oh, so he encouraged you to keep going. better believe it. Yeah. Becky's got a question for you here.
2: Okay. So was there ever a time that you felt discouraged by John about the polio or about what your condition was like?
1: Not really. No, no.
2: And was there a time that he was working on a car, underneath a car, and you walked up? Do you remember that story?
1: Uh, There were so many, I'll tell you. Right now, go a little further, maybe I can remember.
2: So were you walking on crutches at that time? Yes, I was. And I just remembered him saying something about he was underneath a car And he saw you walk up and he said, "Um, crutches or no crutches, something about, he came out from under the car and you were just the prettiest thing he'd ever seen. Yes, yes, yes. Okay.
1: Yes, I remember now. I remember now. I remember now. We always, if he was doing something, I was always with him. If I didn't, I, I if just encourage him or either just be with him Mm -hmm. you know because sometimes our presence we don't have to say a word just our presence our mates can feel it in a way that if we would just stand and tell them a whole story i wanted to come out and be with you know they can read that without a word said and uh we we as I say we were married sixty years and had the two children five grandchildren thirteen great grands and I've since he's been gone for ten years um, we've got two great I, we've got two great grands that he never did see and uh, but everything everything worked out great I was able to take care of my two children and. Yeah, my two babies and I had nine months of the most wonderful pregnancies any woman could have, and when it come time to have them, my polio bones wouldn't open up, so they did a C-section, and I, my girls were perfect. Mm-hmm. And one is, <laughs> whenever you get older, you think you hang around, you know, with the senior citizens. And you look around, and it's your own kids. <laughs> 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 and I, we laugh about it now. You know, it's it's great that uh, they're in those late sixties, mm. and. Uh, we're all we're it's wonderful. Yeah. It's wonderful.
0: Talk about how since we're on that subject, talk about that relationship um with your with your children, with your daughters. Well, it it's it's wonderful. It always has been. And and how is that how what have you come to appreciate about that as you as you've watched them get older into well, their late sixties?
1: I have been in this condition ever since they were born. You know, naturally, I had this before they was born, uh-huh. and this is, this is just normal for Mama and uh, uh, you know our, our home. That's normal to them when they were little. They they didn't see anything really wrong with their mother because I always did what I needed to do for them. Mm-hmm. That they really didn't realize and, no, and that anything was wrong. Yeah, and I was very blessed in that way because they it didn't interfere with any of their thoughts or their work or whatever i was always there
0: yeah so it never stopped them from living the lives they were living as kids you're right up until they were adults as well
1: and i was very active in the school and the pta in fact i was president for several years at the grade school that they went and uh I was always, where they were at, I was always there participating in whatever the activity was that's in the school that Mm -hmm. they were doing, you know. Mm -hmm. And we've just all, we've just grew up together. Yeah. And do what we needed to do in whatever grade they were in or whatever. And they both naturally graduated from high school. And um, the one went into uh, nurses training, and for four years. And my youngest one, she said, "Mother, and her her dad, their daddy said, it wanted her to know if she wanted to go to college, you know, whatever." She said, "No, Dad, I'm not college uh, material, but I will be all right." Which she got a fantastic job. When she got out of high school and she got to retire with a nice retirement and she did great cuz she got a good job and everything so she didn't go to college Great but she is she did fantastic
0: Talk a little bit about John we've mentioned him a little bit you said you were together 60 years married Yes we were and uh met um when you guys were younger yes, in high school, right? Yes, we got
1: out of high school.
0: And uh, so, tell us a little bit about him. Becky mentioned that story where he was kind of flirty, there, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so tell us a little, a little bit about John. Well,
1: I tell you what, I can't, I don't know how to put it in words, but that man was, he was a wonderful man. I fell in love with him. My parents really loved him, and. My brothers and sisters knew that I would be all right with him and everything, and when he proposed to me, and I said— uh,
0: how, how did he propose to you?
1: Well, he he asked me to marry him, and I said, are you sure? <laughs> and I said, you don't—you know, I'm, I'm kind of handicapped. He said, I've, I don't consider you handicapped. I've never seen you do start something, but you didn't finish it. So he said, "As far as uh, your health condition, that's great, because I don't see that much wrong with you." And it really it we we got married and had our two daughters.
0: For, for John, tell us a little bit about his personality.
1: Well, John was he didn't he wasn't a real force. Like when he come into the room. he didn't start blurting out, you know what I'm saying. He was more of a quiet, quiet man. Quiet man, yes. But when he spoke, he meant it. Mm. <laughs> you know. And people probably listened. And they listened. And he was a very good man and a good worker. What did he do for a living? I know and, you said he was in the
0: military. Yes,
1: he was in the military. And then uh, when we when we met, he was in the military. But he worked in a... Co- mill in North Carolina Okay. when we was first married, and he worked in the dye house where they dye the fabric in North Carolina, a big cotton mill, Okay. and then they got kind of slow down there. Well, he come up here because he lived here with his sister, and he went to the place where he worked last, and they put him to work. Here, here. in Ohio, right? Here, here in Ohio. And so then the next thing you know, uh, me and the two girls, and we got rid. I got rid of our our house, and we, the girl, me and the girls, come up here, and we got a house here. And he worked for Chevron for years, and he um, worked and retired from the high school over here in Harrison, and he was maintenance. Man, at the high school, huh? And that's where he retired from. I didn't know that actually. Yeah,
0: I can see where your daughter, the one who didn't go to college, uh-huh. I can see where she got her work ethic from. Then, yes, oh yes, yeah, oh yes. I mean, you, you're pretty, you're pretty tenacious yourself yeah. with not letting anything hold you back. But it sounds like John always was at work. And he
1: was always providing yeah, for his family. He, he never had. A, I never. In all of our years of marriage, we never he was never out of work.
0: Now, I can remember being younger at uh, the church that I grew up in, which you were a part of as well. Yeah. And I remember seeing you and John sit in the back row uh, of church together. And he had a walker for a time too, didn't he? Yes, he did. And And I remember you guys would be in that back row and your yes. walkers would be right behind that row yes. and you guys would hold hands.
1: Yes, yes, we and would. And that
0: was so sweet.
1: Yes, he, we would.
0: So it yes, seems we would. he was a very affectionate man as well.
1: Oh, goodness, yes. Oh, my, yes. He loved, he he loved, uh, I'm bragging on him because he deserves to be bragged on because he was so tender and take care of you and uh, it was just a real sweet a real sweet um situation. Yeah. Me being in the shape I was in and he never did that was never mentioned in our conversations or anything. Yeah. Everything was just okay. Uh-huh. But he was just a real sweet uh tender person, and uh, wonderful father, yeah, so, and oh, the girls miss him, and they talk about their daddy and their oh I'm sure the children even talk about their grandpa the grandchildren mhm, and um how much they miss him and how much they loved him and everything, and it was it was a wonderful life to watch him grow up, the children, grandchildren grow up, and him being the grandfather. He was just such a special person.
0: Yeah. Now you guys were married sixty some years, yeah, right? Yeah, we were married sixty
1: years. So uh-huh. to to any of
0: uh, to any of the listeners out there who have. Uh, you know are early in their marriage and are looking for the wisdom of how to make it to 60
1: years of, of marriage what what advice would you give them? Well if there's a problem you sit down at the table and look at each other right square in the eye and you say I say what I, what I thought of the situation, he would say what he thought of the situation, and then we would come together Mm. to try to solve the problem or whatever it was. Okay. Because that's the best way to look each other straight in the eye and get it settled, you know, and decide what you're going to do for whatever the problem is. Yeah. And... If you decide to do so and so, you stuck with it, mm-hmm. and you talk it out and all before you get into the situation.
0: Mm. So, a lot of really
1: good communication. Communication and is the number one thing. Yeah. Wow! Because you need to know what each other thinks and and how they feel about a situation. And um, if they have a suggestion, then then you have a suggestion and then look each other in the eye and decide what is the best way to solve it. Wow. That's some powerful advice. Yeah. Well, that's that's the way we did it. Yeah. And it worked. And it worked. Yes, it did. It
0: worked. Now, um, I want to talk a little bit about... um, when John passed, yes, which was how long ago you said, 10 years? 10 years
1: ago. He died in uh, February of uh, 2008. Okay.
0: And I remember hearing stories. Actually, I think Becky is the one who told me the story about being in the room when he passed. Uh And tell us about just um, when John passed and just that whole experience and and your
1: reaction
0: when he passed.
1: Well, when he went into the hospital... The two girls and me and Becky come to our side. And she was, she was with us. Mm-hmm. And it was more or less. It was he was just real quiet. And he had opened his eyes a few, you know, once in a while. And then naturally the girls would take turns over their daddy and talking to him and hugging him and whatever, we kind of took turns. And it was a real sweet death to a certain extent because he wasn't in a lot of pain. And he was surrounded by his family. And we, me and the two girls, and then Becky was with us. Mm -hmm. And she was our backbone to give us encouragement when we would look at her and we, we knew that he was going, and she knew it too. But it was not a big deal made out of it mm-hmm. because we knew what his life and where he was going, and he was peaceful, and he wasn't real rowdy and all. Whenever he was leaving, he just—it was just a real quiet. What time? What, what were your
0: some of your last words to him?
1: Well, that we loved him and thanked him for being such a good husband and a father. And my girls, they would take turns with him in their arms to a certain extent down over the bed with him. And uh, it was, if you want to know, the way I felt, it was a sweet death. And why? Because it, he wasn't rowdy. If he, he was in a lot of pain, he didn't show it, did he, Becky? It was just a real sweet, quiet death.
0: Mm-hmm. We just knew a, he was
1: going, and that was it.
0: And he knew where he was going, to. Yes, too. he
1: knew. Yes, he knew.
0: He yeah. sure did. And And so the story I remember hearing is that when he passed, you were the first to speak, and you were the first to say, Praise be to God. Amen. He is exactly where he needs Amen. to be. He is, you know, fully alive. Yes. And, and he still is. Yeah. And you led the room in that moment.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah,
0: and, I did. and even to this day, as you talk about John, you smile. Oh, yes. Oh, and I'm yes. sure you think about him every day.
1: Oh, my goodness. I, I, I talk to him a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah. Do you, but do you ever get sad?
1: Well you know really I don't because God has blessed us so much and especially me with my polio bed and I fell in love with a wonderful man and here we are married 60 years and God's calling him home and it was sweet and we knew where he was his soul was going to be with the most wonderful place that ever was—it's uh-huh. heaven itself—and it was—it was just a sweet, quiet death, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. And uh, I wouldn't be—I wouldn't be selfish enough to wish him back for nothing in the world because he has earned where he's at. Yeah. And it gives you encouragement to make sure that you're going to live your life to be able to go and be with him.
0: Mm. And so, you in your mind still have a lot to live for.
1: Oh, yes. And oh, it had, yes.
0: you know, so you, you might, you said you still talk to him I and do. you miss him, yes. but it doesn't. It doesn't keep you from living life because you've oh, still got no. all this family and you look forward to the Amen. day when you can be back with John.
1: Amen. Wow. In fact, the older I get, the more anxious I get. Because what what better place do you want to spend eternity other than being with Jesus and God in a heaven and your husband and your family with you there? Wow. That is that is so wonderful, yeah, it is,
0: yeah, wow, let's let that set in. Tell us a little bit about your life today, um because again, you don't let your your physical no. diagnosis. Hold you back, you don't let the fact that you know your husband is not in your life hold you back. What do you do
1: in your life, maybe for fun? Well, my fun is my family, yeah, and my children, and my grandchildren, and my great grandchildren, mm-hmm. and whenever they're in ac- their activities and everything they share with me, I get to enjoy that, okay and uh, and and encourage them and it's uh what i mean it's 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 really neat
0: yeah it's really neat well even when i called you to schedule this interview you had said something about not on friday because that's when you get your hair done
1: that's right and my <laughs> husband always said if she don't get her hair done she gets mean <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> And he, that was about the truth. And I mean to tell you, if it was ice and snow and whatever, he'd get in that truck, put my seatbelt on me, and he'd take me to get my hair done. Uh- <laughs> that's, that's what he told me. If she don't get her hair done, oh, my, she gets mean.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, do you, do you still go to the same place that you've gotten your hair done for the years? The lady
1: does my hair. She's done it for 50-some years. Wow. Yes and now she comes to me ooh because it's uh, to get into her place or uh, the beauty shop she don't work in the shop no more it closed so she i would go to her house and then whenever my back and my my problems started showing up a little bit she wouldn't didn't want me maybe take a chance and fall kind trying to get in her door so she comes to my house and does it Mm. Which that is a that's wonderful.
0: Yeah. So you go out to your family's different activities, the kids' stuff, uh-huh. you you go get your hair done, yeah. but I know there are a couple ladies at church that you you get together with as well, Yeah, right? T- tell us a little bit about who they are, what they do, well, what you guys do. Uh,
1: we don't I, since my back and my arms has kind of been we don't go out that much anymore. But we'd just go out to eat, and maybe go shopping a little bit. But now I can't get out and walk like I used to, which that's all right. That uh, I don't get out as much as I used to. But uh, we used to have a good time. Mm-hmm. We'd get, you know.
0: What's What's your favorite place to go out
1: to eat? Cracker Barrel.
0: Cracker Barrel.
1: Because you can get all that good Southern cooking and nuts, and it's, and it's, and I, I like it <laughs> you can get anything you want, really.
0: Yeah. What do you typically get when you go to Cracker Barrel?
1: Oh, I love, I love their um, chicken and, well, I don't remember now what they call it,
0: but Is it the chicken dumplings?
1: Like something, Yeah. 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 And then naturally there are good veggies, uh-huh. the carrots and the green beans and and uh, uh, what is the name of that other bean that I like so well, limas,
0: lima beans.
1: When they so, have limas, yeah. yes, that's
0: Cracker Barrel has fried okra. That's my go-to. Oh, you know,
1: that when you're in, when you're born in the South. You eat okra as soon as you get to where you can eat. (laughs) 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 And mama would fry big old skillets full of it naturally because all of us loved it. Uh And they grew it in the garden and she'd go out and cut that okra and it it was delicious.
0: Ah, I love it. I get two bowls of it. Even if I get breakfast food, I still get fried okra with it. Yep. Yep. Is that is that what they do in the South too? No matter what you're eating, yep. always have the okra.
1: Yep. <laughs> Except Mama, she would uh, like she would bread hers like you would if you was going to fry chicken. Oh, okay. She has so
0: extra crispy then. Yes,
1: and then it would be extra crispy. Mm, yes.
0: That sounds wonderful. It
1: is. It was.
0: <laughs> it was. Yeah, and. Uh, Anything else that you do just for fun? Any hobbies that you've taken up since you you spend a lot more time at home now, you said since you don't go out as well, much, Well, right?
1: I don't do as much. I, I I've got I've always done a lot of quilting. Okay. And now my fingers and my arms, I can't do that anymore, but that's all right. I got to do it for years. And um I more or less listen to music. Uh-huh. And I go and visit with my children, and they we just talk and visit. And okay. then the grandchildren isn't there, and we're involved in that. And then they come here, and they bring the kids, and we just sit and talk like we are now. And naturally, they all want a bowl of cereal. <laughs> great-grandma's house. Yeah. And I always keep cereal on hand, and I mean, it's the chocolate, uh, what do they call it? The Cocoa Puffs? Yeah, yeah. And so I've got a thing of Cocoa Puffs in there right now, and they know, they'll go get up to the table and say, You know what I want. Aw. And I, yes, I do. So I fix it for them, and that's it.
0: I think every grandma has that food for their <laughs> grandkid. You know what I mean? Like I remember going to my grandmother's, and you remember my grandmother first. Yes, I
1: do. Yeah,
0: she always, I remember eating. Uh, sliced apples that we would dip in caramel yes, together. Yes. And we would make pu- we would do puzzles yes, together. Yes. Yes. And then we had this one card game that we would play. I don't remember what it was called, but uh, I whenever I went to
1: grandma's I could always bet that yes. we were going
0: to do those three things. She yeah.
1: was one of my special friends when our kids were growing up. Yeah. Yeah, my mom. I was t-
0: I was telling my mother that I was coming here to spend the the evening with uh-huh. you, and uh, you know she talked about you and my grandmother yeah. Yeah. being close friends. Yeah, we up.
1: were. We are. Yeah, and uh, I, I, it's God has blessed me so much that I am am living in an enjoying eighty eight years old. Yeah. And years ago, there wouldn't have been anybody that would have said I'd have made it till the next year. Mm-hmm. But I think God thought, well, I'll show you. <laughs> she ain't going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm 88. I have no complaints whatsoever. Yeah. Wow. I have no complaints and whatsoever.
0: I, and I think it's so powerful to see to see you, 88 years old, enjoying life. Oh, yes. And being so positive and so hopeful.
1: And still living by myself in my own home, doing my own laundry and my food and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't run the sweeper and things like that, but the family comes in and does that. Uh-huh. But anything I can do, I do it.
0: Well, and looking around, we're, we're in your living room right now. Yeah. And just looking around, you've got some of the winter decorations out, these beautiful, you said a- these are angels that someone made for you? No, I got it, for my, it. was given to me for Christmas. Oh, for Christmas. Okay. Yeah. And then you've Aren't got... Aren't they beautiful? They are beautiful. And you've got your your TV there. Oh yes. And you've got some pictures
1: on the wall
0: and oh, things like yes. that. You've really, you know, this is your home.
1: Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. And I got my Jesus over there holding a little baby and it's that baby is stroking his beard. Look at that. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you've got
0: pictures of your family. There's you and oh, you and yes. John up there. Oh
1: yes. Oh yes. That's great. And I got my family pictures down there, and then I've got my five generations right over there in the other picture. Wow. Yeah, there's five generations.
0: Well, let me ask you this question. You know, five generations in one photo is pretty phenomenal. Yes, it is. Um, What do you think your legacy is? It's a big question.
1: Well, I'll tell you what. Do you mean the legacy that I would like to leave for my family or sure. other people? Yeah.
0: What do you want your legacy to be?
1: I want my legacy to be regardless of what comes your way, with God's help, you can make it through. Mm. And it surprises yourself, your family and everybody around you, that mm-hmm. you come through that, mm-hmm. whatever the situation was. Mm-hmm. But when you put God in there, you have to really watch it, because he can work things out, and you not even realize what's going on. Yeah. It's always an adventure, isn't it's it? It's an adventure. Yeah. Yes, it is. And you don't know what twists and turns right. are, are ahead. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And... uh I had a wonderful mother and dad that they always uh, told me how special I was because of all of the children, there were seven of us. God chose me Mm -hmm. for the polio from three months old on. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I take that as a compliment because I think he knew I could handle it. Well,
0: and you've talked about that. At different parts of our conversation here, and every time you do, you talk about it as being chosen or yeah. being blessed with. Yes, you, you've not once said I've been cursed with this no, or God has no, punished God, me no, with this. No, 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 no. And and you know, and I'm I'm typically one to believe that you know God doesn't cause the bad things, but mm-hmm. He can redeem things that happen to us. But but from your angle, it almost sounds like you believe that. God really did choose you for this so that you could live the the example.
1: That's the way I feel. Wow. That um, he knew I could handle it. Mm. And maybe set example to some people that can't handle, you know.
0: That are struggling. They're struggling.
1: But the main thing, you put your God right in there and you take his hand and ask him to guide you and to direct you Mhm. And you really sincerely mean it? Mhm. And that you really sincere that you're going to let him do that? You're going to come out a winner?
0: Mm. Wow. Now, um talking about legacy and, oh, okay. and things like that, you know, you, you have some great grands and that never got to know John. That's right. And and I imagine Right there will be further great grands and great great grands that yes. you know you may not get a chance to to interact with. That's is there right. Any, is there anything you'd like to to say to them? Because this recording will exist beyond you. Well, you know?
1: I, I tell you, with the knowledge about their grandparents, their me and John. The, they will pass the word on to the younger ones that didn't get to know us.
0: Mm-hmm. The stories will be told.
1: And the stories will be told, and the, kind of, that'll be kind of the legacy. Mm-hmm. It's what my grandchildren and my great-grands knows now and has lived with, John and me together and everything. They will be able to pass it on to the other ones.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: In fact... Um, I've heard them say, um, we was here one time and Grandpa took us fishing and this, that, and the other, you know, and it, it, it's they're going to be able to pass on a lot yeah. to the other ones.
0: All those stories, those memories. Yes. I'm sure there are photo albums
1: too, yes. right? Yes, yes, there is. There is. There is.
0: Well, I know when I think about Helen Arrowwood, the two things I think of are Survivor. Thank you. And, and pillar of faith. Thank you. And those things have just always resonated for me. And you, you've always said something to me. You actually said it before we did this, uh, sat down to start this interview. You said that you, you want me to lead at your
1: funeral. That's right. I do. Because I do. Uh, me and, um, um, oh, for God's sakes, my friend at church. Is it Norma Joe? Norma Joe. Yeah. We've talked... And um I said, Well, I want Zach to take care of my funeral. <laughs> the music and whatever is long and the first one song I want is um what is the name of it, Zach? Is it It Is Well? It is Well with My Soul. Yeah. That is the one I want. Uh-huh. <laughs> but-
0: you got it, girl.
1: Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs>
0: how how often do you, you know, at 88 years old, how often do you think about death?
1: Well, you know, I kind of, when my children are here and my grandchildren, I kind of talk about it maybe once every time they come. You know, not very long. We just might. yeah. I just might, so whenever I'm gone, you so-and-so and you oh, okay. do so-and-so and whatever. Yeah. And uh, they know that I want Zach to take care of the music and everything at my funeral. <laughs> and, uh, and they know the songs that I want and I'd like to, you know, have.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we talk about it. And maybe that's why... It, it, you know, as we're
0: talking about it, you don't seem fearful, you don't seem oh,
1: no no, you don't God, seem no. like you're afraid of it no, no, I'm looking forward to it, yeah, oh yes, at eighty eight you begin to realize it ain't gonna be that long, mm-hmm. until you get to be go to the most wonderful place that there is in this world, is the yeah and how does how does knowing
0: that death is sooner than later? Yeah, how does that impact how you live your days?
1: Enjoy currently? every day, every day as if it's the last.
0: Yeah, and, and what do you do to to do that?
1: I sing a lot. You I do play records a lot, my my CDs a lot, my Christian stations a lot, and I. I Get out my hymn book, and I sing, sit here and sing by myself. Oh. Uh-huh. Do
0: you have a favorite, favorite hymn that you sing? It is well with my soul. That's that one. And that's why we're doing that one at your funeral, huh? Yep.
1: Uh-huh.
0: It is well with my soul. Mm. So uh, one a question that I like to ask people when I sit down to interview them okay. is, what is the most recent thing whether that be a song, a movie, a TV show, maybe an interaction or a conversation, uh, what is the most recent thing to move or inspire you?
1: Well, my grandchildren are so excited about their school, Okay. They're learning. And what are they learning? There there's there's five or six of them. They're all different grades, you know, and everything. Yeah. And it's always something different in each one of them. And it's fascinating to watch I did with my children cuz of their decisions, what they'd like to do or whatever. And they it's it's wonderful. Just to hear them share and talk, uh-huh, and uh there's some that are looking forward to go to college and what college, yeah, and you don't even think about of him thinking about college, the little people you know, yeah. But they they do and that makes me feel good. So
0: they've talked a little bit, I'm sure, about what they want to be when they yeah, grow up. Uh-huh. What what are some of the things they want to be?
1: Well, the one he wants to be, um what was it he said the other day? He wants to he wants to work and do what his daddy does. And what's that? I couldn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but they, it, 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 whatever daddy's doing, that's what they want to do. Okay. Because daddy's happy and he's got a job and he's, you know, and all that bit. And it's no stress on the, the they, he don't, the daddies don't put a lot of stress on them. And
2: mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> one of the grandpas works right over here at, um, What's the name of that hardware store, the big one? Home Depot? Home Depot. Yeah. And they just think that's great when they go in and he's in there working and uh, he'll show them different things, you know, that especially the little boys and they really enjoy it.
0: Yeah. It's funny. Like uh, I I make fun of this a little bit about myself because I can't hammer and nail stuff is not my thing. Well, so when I walk into Home Depot, I get a little overwhelmed, Helen.
1: Yes, I can understand that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? What's that? That's all right if you can't do that. Oh, yeah. Because you do other things that some people can't do. It's God blesses us. In fact, He has blessed you with a situation that you can handle. Mm-hmm. at our church, mm-hmm. and we all love you and everything. And you you can do things that somebody else can't do. Mm-hmm. And we all have kind of got that.
0: Yeah, we all have a part to play. Yes, we, a, do. yes in, we do. Yes, we do. And different skills and abilities. It's
1: like I said the other day. I said, well, I can't do anything, but I can pray. Mm-hmm. And this one said, "Well, that right there is the biggest job of the whole situation." Mm-hmm. And I hadn't thought about it that way. And I thought, "Well, at least uh, I can't physically do a lot of things for you, but I can at least pray." Yeah. When I know the situation, I know what to pr- how to pray, and you know, mm-hmm. if you know the situation, you know how to sit down and.
0: Well, and I know from growing up, you were always one of those people who were praying for me. Amen. And that's always been such an encouragement to my life, and
1: well, just to know it. that
0: somebody out there was, was thinking of me, praying Amen. for me, and what I'm going through.
1: I uh, thank you for that.
0: Yeah. Uh, thank you. I like
1: to hear that while I'm, I'm living and can hear it, you know, because mm-hmm. that means so much.
0: hmm That
1: yeah. means so much.
0: Have you ever thought of yourself as a teacher?
1: Not really. Other than I feel like if I, God hadn't chose me to have the polio, I wouldn't be the stronger person that I am today. hmm By me going through that, and I can share it with others in case they have to go through things. Mm -hmm.
0: So, you don't really think of yourself as a teacher, but you think of everything you've gone through. Yes. And just the importance of sharing. To a certain
1: extent, that is a teacher.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's just in a different situation right not really by profession but more so by experience right yeah right which is huge for why i'm doing this because i think helen it's there are so many people like yourself who have lived the these lives and have gone through these experiences but don't really have the fame or the platform to to share it amen but you know how encouraging i know you have been in my life and i just want other people to hear your story and to, to
1: to be encouraged by it as well well, I have absolutely, when I, I've gone shopping, and I've had people to say, you sure are a lot of encouragement to me that see me pushing a cart with my things in it, you I know, and, and keep on keeping on on. And I didn't, bit more know them than anything. But they shared that with me, and I know that was God giving me the strength to go on, and possibly my life, maybe in, and uh, you know, give them a little bit of strength. Yeah, we kind of teach each other, but different ways. <laughs> but I absolutely have thanked God many a time. Now, this may sound stupid, but that's all right. But I thank God every day that he chose me Mm -hmm. to go through this ordeal Mm -hmm. from three months old on up. Mm. And I look at my life, how far I've come, I thank God that he chose me to do it because I feel like he knew I could handle it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, that has brought me a lot of times when you'd kind of maybe want to start to get a little depressed and everything, and that thought will come to your mind and it'll bring it out out of you every time
0: Mm.
1: because you don't look at it as... Go into depression and all that bit. Because mm-hmm. that don't do a thing but take up a lot of your good time by right. being depressed and worry over a situation.
0: Right, not feeling sorry for That's ourselves. Right.
1: Amen. Yeah. I've never felt sorry for myself.
0: Yeah. And never wanted others to feel sorry for you either.
1: No way. No, uh-uh. Hmm. No, no, no.
0: So... Kind of just switching gears a little bit here, Helen. Okay. If you had somebody give you one million dollars right now, what would you do with it?
1: Oh, I would give it away.
0: Who would you give it to?
1: I would find I would find uh, people and children or uh, to make a to help them. Yeah. In situations that they needed it. You wouldn't keep any of it for yourself I or your family? I doubt very seriously if I would keep anything because as far as my life is concerned, I've got everything I need. Mm. Mm. I don't know what in the world I could go out and buy that would make my life any better than what I've got. <laughs> it's a truth. Yeah. And I'd much rather see somebody else share in it. Mm-hmm that maybe, that, you know, that really needed it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. Yes, that's that's the way I feel.
0: When you think, and I don't know how much interaction you have with, um, you know, any of our teenagers, but I've sat down with a couple people, and the subject of our young people comes up quite a bit. And when you think about today's teenagers, young people, the next generation, so to speak, um, What are you hopeful about? Well, you
1: know, Saturday, when we was singing, there was a lot of those young people Mm -hmm. over there, and they were all singing.
0: Yeah. You talk about those young people at church, right? Yes, at Mm -hmm. church.
1: And they've come a long way. Yeah. And we've had interruptions by, you know, having to... Go from in worship in the the high school and then come back and in the skating ring where yeah. they a rink where they skated when they were growing up. to me that the young people is our future church. And what Saturday when I heard them singing, It made me feel so good. And I said to Norma, I said, listen to these young people. Mm -hmm. Because when my John was on his deathbed, Jeff was at the hospital with me. Mm -hmm. And he said, ask John, my John, is there anything, you got any suggestions that me being a young minister that I could do to maybe help our church? Mm -hmm. And he laid down batted his eyes a few times and he looked up at him and he said, the young people that are starting out raising their own children their young children and if they can get into the church and get busy and different responsibilities and they're the young people in the young church, there's where you're going to see the growth. Mm.
0: Yeah, I remember hearing about this, yeah. And and I think it's And look at it. Yeah. And I think it's it's so humble of John and you that you you see the future and you want to our invest. Our future in that. is
1: our young people. Yeah. And Saturday, as I say, whenever I could, we was singing, and you know where I sit. Yeah. Because that way I can see both of the 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 board. You know, yeah, the screens, the screens. I can see both. You know. Those young people were singing and it was so pretty. I just, I told Norma, I said, I would listen to those young people sing. Mm-hmm. She said, Yes, and look at all the young people all around us. Right. And that to me is gr- fantastic. And yeah. it's like John said get the young people and their, when they have their children and they've got their children in church and they get, you're going to see the church grow, mm-hmm. and God is going to be on the scene, and He is. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I love that. Again, you you and John, have just always have a sense of the bigger picture, and and I've never once heard you all complain about uh-huh. any changes. You know, no. and and as you mentioned, our church has gone through a number of different yes, changes and locations yes, and things have. like that. But you, it's never been a thing that you've complained about. No. You've always said. We're moving forward
1: because ninety percent of the time we grow in those situations. Yeah, and for you
0: to say if, that, if at, we keep at your our age, positive hand. attitude, yeah, you're, I just your your attitude and your perspective on so many things, Helen. <laughs> so many things is is just well, thank you. I hope I can have that same
1: perspective um, in my eighties. Well, I hope so too, because I tell you what. To see, like, look how, what we've gone through with our church and how we've come out on top. And we're wound up worshiping in a skating rink. Mm-hmm. And when you walk in there and you're in that sanctuary, you can see and feel God all around you. Yeah. I don't care what anybody says. Mm-hmm. I can feel... I can I can feel Jesus there with us, mm-hmm. and I know that. And God is proven to me with I've you know been a member what fifty years or more, whatever. Yeah. And you have we've gone through some rough times and everything, but we're we always come out on the top.
0: Mm-hmm. He is faithful, isn't he?
1: And not only that, these young people are letting God lead them. And yeah. there they are. And that is our future church.
0: Mm-hmm. And from, you know, when I was in high school, again, to know that people like you were praying for me and you were in my corner. It. Yeah, you better believe it. And investing in me. Uh, that gave me so much uh, encouragement to keep going. And, to- and
1: another thing to me... We've got to keep praying for our young people that is our future church
0: mm-hmm. and our future
1: world and our future world right
0: our leaders
1: amen yeah that's what I'm saying we we've got to uh keep praying mm-hmm. for the young people hmm yeah, And they've got a hard road to hoe right now, these young people that go out into the world because the old devil is just running crazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough world out there right it now, is. isn't it?
1: It is. And a lot of these young people will get involved in things that they didn't realize that they were getting into it mm-hmm. because it's okay.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: There's so many people put their... Uh, you know it's it's an okay and that's okay if they want to do that and and i feel sorry for the young people nowadays with what's out there
0: yeah it's a very different I, world isn't
1: oh, it oh it's a different world yes and i mean to tell you it is a young people a young person has really got a lot on their plate
0: yeah well and again to hear because i've sat down with some other people that are older who've said like Oh, well, these kids, they just need to get it together. And, and for you to say, no, they, they've got a hard road.
1: You better believe it. How can they get it together when there's so many things out there that it's okay? It's all right. And
0: they're so different, too, yes. you know?
1: Yeah. I feel sorry for them.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I pray for them every day. Yeah. Because there's, the old devil is absolutely having him a good time out there. And yeah. these young people... We've got to keep praying for them because mm-hmm. I tell you, it's not easy out there for these young people.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm.
0: Well, Helen, I, uh, there's one more question that I like to ask people when I sit down with them because this show is called The Biggest Fan of Your Life, and I get to sit down with people who I'm a fan of. Okay. But I want to ask you, who, who, who are you a fan of? Maybe it's somebody you know personally, or maybe it's somebody who is famous already, but whose life are you a fan of?
1: You know, I'm sitting here looking at two (laughs) that I'm a fan of. Yeah? Because I know that the two I'm looking at is setting an example for the ones that's out there that's going to need you and you not even realize it mm. until it happens. Mm. Because you're good Christians. You're loved by soul, everybody that knows you, both of you. And I admire both of you. Oh, well, thank you. And Ellen. another thing... For you to even think of me, to sit down and talk to me like this, it makes me feel like it's been worth it from the time I was three months old till now.
0: Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, thank you for allowing us into your home to eat some Subway sandwiches and just talk about your life and... For sharing well, just your wisdom with us it's and your heart and your I stories. I take it,
1: you know, I'm going to be honest. I take it, number one, is a compliment. Mm-hmm. I take it, number two, is that God has been with me all this time. Yeah. And especially my parents. Mm-hmm. When I was little and what they had to go through. Mm-hmm. And my family's, because they're all gone, but my baby sister and me. Mm -hmm. But I had a wonderful family Mm -hmm. that was right there with me.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And I I can't wait for your future... Great, 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 great grandkids to hear this and to learn about how awesome their great, 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 great grandmother was. Well, thank you. Yes, absolutely.
1: It's, I can look at it, I can just see them right now whenever we're, when we're all together, they're around talking to you, you know, and everything, and whenever at Christmas time. I love to go and be there when they're opening up Santa Claus. Uh-huh. Getting the first day of school. We'd usually get together and they get all excited about the, the first day of school and all that. Mm-hmm. And it's so sweet to me to get to see them so excited about these things. Mm-hmm. And it's... It's so neat mm-hmm. when we all get together, mm. and they all watch out for me like I was their child.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, what a blessing family is for
1: you. I know it. Yeah. I, I know it. And these young, young little young young people, the little they are so. They watch after me. Now you be you uh, you you be careful. Let me let me do that. Let me do that. I I'll do that, and I'll say, well, I've always done it. Yeah, but let me do it now that I'm here with you or whatever you know. Mm. And they're they're just they're just such a wonderful family to me. Mm-hmm. Well, and I get to thinking, oh, this is. Something, really, it was a couple of times in your life that you never thought that you would be this blessed because they don't see a thing wrong with their Grandma Minnie. They all call me Grandma Minnie. I had a picture of my mother on a refrigerator. And whenever they were little and they was looking at the the oldest one, She was looking at the pictures. Well, who's that? Well, that's my mother. Well, what was her name? Her name was Minnie. And she said, well, that's Grandma Minnie then to us. So if that's Grandma Minnie, then that makes you a Grandma Minnie. (laughs) and I've been grandma Minnie ever since. There
0: you go. <laughs> well, to those great 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 grandkids.
1: Yes, grandma, grandma Minnie, Minnie is grandma here. Grandma Minnie. Yeah. We love that. And you know my our youngest little great great granddaughter, she has got uh, she she calls me Grandma Minnie now.
0: <laughs> so I guess it sticks then, Yeah, right? I answer the Grandma
1: Minnie. Yeah. Because that picture of my mother and who's that and who's that, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a wonderful life.
0: Yeah, it is. And thank you for sharing it with us, Helen. Well,
1: thank you for, I take it as a compliment, and you know I love y'all.
0: Oh, and we love you too.
1: And thank you. Thank you to tell me while I can hear it.
0: Yeah. We love you so much, Helen. Thank you so much for being a
1: part of this today. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, honey. Thanks for
0: listening to this episode of the Biggest Fan of Your Life podcast. If you have any thoughts or questions for today's guest, please email me at biggestfanofyourlife@gmail.com, at gmail.com and I'll get in touch with them for a response and maybe we'll even talk about it on a future episode of the podcast. And if you're a fan of this podcast, I'd love it if you would like, rate, share, comment, review, and or subscribe to our podcast on whatever podcast listening platform you're using. Maybe even take a screenshot while you're listening and share it to your Insta story. And if you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Zach Owens, that's at Z-A-C-O-W-E-N-S, or on Instagram at Zach underscore Owens, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Zach Owens music you can find out about other creative projects i'm working on including new and original music i'd like to give a special shout out to audrey Pelser, who designed our podcast graphic grayson wasaleski who composed the music that you're jamming to right now and donnie moretti our audio engineer extraordinaire thanks again for tuning in and join us next time when we'll have yet another fascinating guest that i'm a fan of and that i think you should be too till then i'm zach owens and i'm the biggest fan of your life